0: So we've been told endlessly over and over again that the powers that be in the Western world have always and everywhere been at war with communism, this mass murdering ideology, if you will, that really has its roots, uh, you know, centuries ago. Uh, in the principles of the Illuminati and Jacobinism, this idea that we're going to get rid of, fam- of private property, abolish the family, build a world government, get rid of Christianity. Uh, you know, These ideas have been around for a long time. And the truth is, when you think about the deep state, you need to realize that communism is really just one arm, one tool of this so-called deep state, this effort, this coalition, this cabal of people who seek to enslave humanity. So, uh, you know, the obvious place to start would be with the Bolshevik Revolution. We were told that, uh, you know, this ragtag group of nutty communists managed to overthrow the uh, government and take over Russia. But the story is actually much more complicated. Uh, Probably the most important book on this subject was written by one of America's finest historians, Anthony Sutton, uh, certainly one of the finest historians of the 20th century. And he uh, explained in the book Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution that the leading financiers on Wall Street were actually responsible for financing and aiding and abetting the communist revolution in Russia. They were aiding and abetting the Bolsheviks. They helped uh, pay uh, Trotsky, and they helped foment revolution there for a very specific purpose. Um, Further on, uh, we saw that this subversive assistance to communists and to communist ideology and to communist criminals uh, continued. In fact, uh, during World War II, it really came out totally in the open. They started calling uh, the mass murderer Joseph Stalin Uncle Joe, and we started building him uh, you know, factories so he could build tanks and airplanes and bombs and weapons under the guise of fighting another socialist, uh, Adolf Hitler. Uh, the National Socialist in Germany, uh, we literally built up the entire Soviet economy. We built up their war machine. We gave them all our secrets. We gave them food. We gave them supplies, weapons, everything you can imagine. And uh, after World War II, this aid for communists and communism continued uh, through subversives and members of the deep state within the U.S. government. Uh, for example, what happened in China, I think, is a really interesting example of this. Uh, you had subversives within the deep state, people in the Council on Foreign Relations orbit. You go back and watch our, our episode on Council on Foreign Relations if you're not familiar with this. But people like uh, George Marshall, who served as uh, Secretary of War, Defense, and, uh, and State, And uh, what they did was they deliberately betrayed our ally Chiang Kai-shek, the nationalist leader of the Chinese who actually helped us in World War II, uh, in favor of Chairman Mao. So they disarmed our ally. They aided and abetted Mao at every turn. Uh, They handed Manchuria over to the communists after World War II so that Mao could arm all of his forces with uh, advanced Japanese weaponry. There's an amazing book about this, too. It's called May God Forgive Us Again by Robert Welch. Uh, If you haven't read that book, you really need to get it so you understand what happened in China. Uh, It is an abomination. It is an atrocity of immense proportions. Uh, Similar thing happened in Cuba. You know, the the establishment, the deep state, told us that uh, Castro was this freedom fighter. The New York Times said he was the, the George Washington of Cuba. Uh, You had subversives all up and down the State Department aiding and abetting Castro, turning against our former ally, Batista. Uh, And, you know, they pretended like they didn't know he was a communist, but that's ludicrous. You had multiple American ambassadors warning the State Department that Castro and his band of thugs were communists. Um, Actually, the U.S. ambassador to Cuba, Earl Smith, he wrote a whole book about how the U.S. government handed Cuba to the communists on a silver platter on purpose. Right? Uh, it was called The Fourth Floor. You can get a copy of it. It's a very, very interesting book. And uh, what he reveals is that they knew and they deliberately handed power to Castro. In fact, he actually testified in the U.S. Congress under oath that we, as in the U.S. government, are responsible for bringing Castro to power. Uh, after that, then, of course, the, uh, the communist Cuban government worked uh, very actively to promote this terror, this communism in America. One of the things they did was work with the Weather Underground, the terror organization founded by... Obama's buddy Bill Ayers and his wife Bernadine Dorn. Uh, Both of them were involved in creating this terrorist group. They bombed the State Department, they bombed uh, the uh, Pentagon, they bombed Congress, they bombed police departments, they bombed funerals of police officers that they murdered. And of course, Obama later started his political career in the home of Bill Ayers. Of course, this all um, you know, furthering the agenda, Bill Ayers went into education. We actually had uh, an FBI official who infiltrated the leadership of this terrorist group, his name was Larry Grathwall, and uh, he explained that they were plotting to invite the Cubans, the Soviets, the Chinese into the United States. They were gonna intern tens of millions of Americans and murder, uh, exterminate tens of millions of Americans. You can watch the video, here's Larry Grathwal.
1: The subject of what's going to happen after we take over the government. Uh, you know, we, we become responsible then for administrating, you know, 250 million people. And there was no answers. No one had given any thought to economics, how are you going to clothe and feed these people? The only thing that I could get was that they expected that the Cubans and the North Vietnamese and the Chinese and the Russians would all want to occupy different portions of the United States. They also believed that their immediate responsibility would be to protect against what they called the counter-revolution. And uh, they felt that this counter-revolution could best be guarded against by creating and establishing re-education centers in the Southwest uh, where we would take all the people who needed to be re-educated into the new way of thinking and teach them how things were going to be. I ask, well, what is going to happen to those people that we can't re-educate, that are die-hard cap- capitalists? And the reply was that they'd have to be eliminated. And when I pursued this further, they estimated that they would have to eliminate 25 million people in these re-education centers. And when I say eliminate, I mean kill 25 million people. Now, I want you to imagine sitting in a room with 25 people most of which have graduate degrees from Columbia and other well-known educational centers, and hear them figuring out the logistics for the elimination of 25 million people. And they were dead serious.
0: Uh, we also had the major foundations, these uh, massive tax-exempt foundations involved in this. Uh, Congress set up an investigation back in 1952 called uh, the Reese Committee or the Cox Committee to investigate tax-exempt foundations. And the head of the Ford Foundation actually told Norman Dodd, the lead investigator, that what they were doing was trying to so alter life in the United States that it could be comfortably merged
2: with the Soviet Union. Raun Gaitha was at that time president of the Ford Foundation. And um, uh, Mr. Gaither had sent for me, when I found it convenient to be in New York, asked me to call upon him at his office, which I did. And on arrival, after a few amenities, Mr. Gaither said, Mr. Dodd, we've asked you to come up here this today because we thought that possibly, off the record, you would tell us why the Congress is interested in the activities of foundations such as ourselves. And um, before I could think of how I would reply to that statement, Mr. Gaithard then went on voluntarily and stated. He said, Mr. Dodd, all of us that have a hand in the making of policies here, have had experience either with the OSS during the war or the European Economic Administration after the war. We've had experience operating under directives. And these directives emanate and did emanate from the White House. Now, we still operate under just such directives. Would you like to know what the substance of these directives is?" And I said, yes, Mr. Gether, I'd like very much to know. <coughs> Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we are here to si- similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so, to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. Well, parenthetically, um, Mr. Griffin, and I nearly fell off the chair. And in the final report that this uh, congressional committee put out,
0: uh, they said that these uh, deep state foundations, Rockefeller, Ford, Carnegie, etc., have actively supported attacks upon our social and governmental system, and they financed the promotion of socialism and collectivist ideas. Uh, in 1966, uh, Carol Quigley, who was actually a mentor to Bill Clinton, put out a book called uh, Tragedy and Hope. He was given the opportunity to examine the deep state's papers and he actually agreed with them on many things. At least that's what he said um, you know, prior to the end of his life. And uh, he wrote in his book, he said, quote, there does exist and has existed for a generation an international anglophile network which operates to some extent in the way the radical right believes the communists act. Uh, In fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with communists or any other group and frequently does so. So here you have a smoking gun proof that uh, the deep state was working with communists and frequently does so. Um, Obama's director of the CIA, John Brennan. Now, here's a crazy story. You know, this guy admitted in comments to the Congressional Black Caucus before he realized Trump was going to be the president that he had voted for the Communist Party candidate in the 1970s in the presidential election. That was Gus Hall, who, of course, was a known puppet of the mass-murdering Soviet Union. Uh, And so, obviously, he got fired, and that was the end of that, right? Well, no, they promoted him up the ranks until he eventually became the head of the CIA. Uh, You had people like Leon Panetta, who ran the Department of Defense and the CIA. When he was in Congress, this guy voted aid to the Sandinistas, the mass murdering communists. He voted for most favored nation for the Soviet Union, most favored nation status. He voted to surrender the Panama Canal that we built to a pro-Soviet government. Uh, He voted, he he had very close ties to the Marxist Institute for Policy Studies. And of course, none of this is new, right? Uh, Soviet defectors have exposed this, that they were uh, collecting dues from high-ranking officials within the U.S. government. We had the Venona papers that were decrypted, outing about 200 deep state communists, all up down the government you know, Joe McCarthy just didn't realize how many there were, right? Um, We had uh, people like Duncan Lee, the confidential assistant to the founder of the Office of Strategic Services. Uh, We had the uh, head of the OSS uh, secret intelligence division. We had the head of the Latin American division, which is how communism uh, spread so rapidly throughout Latin America. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Somebody had accused, Dick Novak had accused uh, the OSS, the precursor of the CIA, of being infiltrated by communists. And the president of the OSS society— kind of an OSS veterans group, actually responded with a letter to the editor in The Washington Post. He said the OSS was not infiltrated by communists during the war. It hired them, right? It deliberately hired them. Uh, you have even members of the Rothschild. You know, when you think of the, uh, the deep state, you think of the money men, you have people like the Rockefellers, people like the Rothschilds. Well, one of the leading Rothschilds is, of course, Baron Eric D. Rothschild right now. And uh, a few years ago, we found out he was actively promoting uh, fellow communists, Irina Bokova of the Bulgarian Communist Party, to serve as the next Secretary General of the United Nations. She was the leader of UNESCO, the UN's education arm at the time. And he signed an open letter saying, This communist who faithfully served the mass murdering dictatorship there, her father was on the Politburo of the Bulgarian Communist Party, these people murdered hundreds of thousands of innocent people. Rothschild wanted her to serve as the next Secretary General of the UN. And of course, even the idea that communism collapsed and that the West won is uh, is not really true. Uh, we have um, some books by Anatoly Golitsyn, New Lies for the Old and the peristoika Deception, where he predicted, even before it happened, a phony collapse of communism. You know, they had realized that communist quote-unquote ideology had been so discredited, but they weren't done with these people yet. So what they did was they pretended like communism collapsed. This is what Anatoly Golitsyn said in his books, one of the most important defectors ever to the West. And, um, You know, he he said that at some point the Chinese, the Russians and the other communists of the world will unite and and try to enslave the world with the help of the United Nations in a second October revolution. So, folks... When you think of communism, you need to realize this is one arm of the deep state. It is murderous, it is evil, it flies in the face of everything good, everything that God has commanded. They want to institutionalize thievery, they want to abolish the family, they want to uh, overthrow governments and create this global system. These are exactly the same goals that the Illuminati had back in the late 1700s. You can go back and watch uh, the episode of Behind the Deep State that we did with that. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman, your host at Behind the Deep State please like this video, share, subscribe, keep getting the word out, help us get these videos out. People need to know this information. Thank you very much. I'm Alex Newman with The New American and God bless.